Hi everyone, today we are back with Dr. Robert Malone. Thank you for being here. Thanks for having me, Lindsay. So to start off, can you explain to us a little bit about your background and what exactly mRNA technology is? I'm a physician and a scientist. I'm also a farmer. I raise uh, Lusitana horses uh, and I've been a carpenter in the past. Uh, but right now, I'm mostly a writer, uh, writing our Substack and the book, uh, Lies My Government Told Me. Mm -hmm. uh, in, in my work as a scientist, back when I was 28, I had a series of discoveries when I was working at the Salk Institute, having to do with manufacturing and purifying large quantities of messenger RNA, the proper genetic structure, and how to get it into cells using positively charged fats. mRNA is something that's in all of our bodies. You, you're full of mRNA, whether or not you know it, whether or not you took the jab. Uh, and uh, it's, it's the signal that goes from our nucleus and our DNA out into the outside, the cytoplasmic part of the cell to direct uh, protein manufacturing. So you can think of it as like a ticker tape uh, that guides a little bio-robot that makes proteins, okay? Uh, and uh, as I was working on gene therapy applications for retroviruses and asking questions about how retrovirus RNA gets packaged, I had a series of discoveries that made me realize that I could use mRNA for gene therapy. And uh, having made that realization, I had a background in vaccinology and I realized that one of the early applications, the easiest things to use it for, would be for vaccines. Now this all occurred between 87 and 90. A series of patents were filed. They were owned by a company that I worked for for a little while called Vical. I got a total of one US dollar for those patents. Uh, and they sold them to Merck, who tried to use them to make DNA vaccines, but failed. And then the patents expired, and the uh, CIA, through an organization called DARPA, funded a new initiative for development of novel vaccine technology, and that's what gave us the RNA vaccine technology. What were your political beliefs growing up? Um, mixed. My parents were actually uh, Nixon uh, supporters and uh, actually worked on both of Nixon's campaigns. Uh, and before that, they were supporters of Barry Goldwater. Uh, I grew up in the central coast of California uh, um, in the, the church that we went to as Episcopalian. Uh, and um, I was, you know, just uh, in the moment of 70s California and not really thinking about things. Uh, I've been uh, registered as a Democrat, registered as an independent, and now very much a, a conservative constitutionalist, uh, um, but I'm not a registered Republican. I'm, I'm really rather disenchanted with the Republican Party also right now. Mm -hmm, I agree. How have you handled the media attacking you and trying to discredit your degrees? It's not just the media. Uh, yeah, the media came on hard and fast at first because it was, I think it was difficult for them to discredit me. And so they, uh, you know, they basically put out a lot of lies. And uh, together with my attorney, we sent them cease and desist letters, filed lawsuits against the Washington Post and the New York Times. Washington Post called me a liar for saying the vaccines weren't working. 
and that they didn't protect against infection, replication, and spread. Mm -hmm. uh, we all know that that's true now. Uh, the media can be quite wicked, corporate media, but so can people on social media. Yeah. And uh, I pretty much get attacked from all sides, which is probably a good indication that I'm in about the right spot. Right, right. What have we seen happen with the COVID vaccine? Uh, what we've seen is the government pushing an untested technology far too rapidly. And assuming that it was safe and effective, or really hoping that it was, uh, if you listen to Deborah Burks, uh, she says that uh, they, she really acknowledges they substituted hope for data. And uh, unfortunately, they kind of rolled the dice and they didn't come up the right way. And what we've seen are uh, very significant adverse events, myocarditis, stroke. Uh, there was just a paper in Nature that talked about, finally they're acknowledging that the vaccines are causing um, unusual uh, menstrual cycles and bleeding in women, something that women have known now for two years, but the CDC has denied existed. But that's, that's kind of what's happening now is a lot of things that people have been saying for a long time are now being revealed in the scientific literature. And I think that the government is overwhelmed right now with uh, the problem they have of having denied all these things. And now it's becoming apparent that they're real. Mm -hmm. What do you believe about childhood vaccines, both COVID and regularly scheduled ones? The childhood vaccine schedule has exploded since even our children. Uh, and um, they're grouped too, too closely together. And a lot of the vaccine schedule doesn't make sense. For instance, hepatitis B vaccination of newborns. Um, the hepatitis B is a sexually transmitted disease. If a newborn or young child is having hepatitis B, they've got bigger problems than just hepatitis B. Mm -hmm. uh, I think that they're really, I, I actually wrote the foreword for the uh, a French version of the book, Turtles All the Way Down, uh, which is the one that points out that adequate controls were not really done for these childhood vaccines. Mm -hmm. Many of them were historically grandfathered. And I'm aligned with uh, Bobby Kennedy, RFK Jr., that that we really need to acknowledge the limitations here and get the actual data about safety, both as individual products and in combination, because the combination in particular has not been assessed. Mm -hmm. What about for those that took the COVID vaccine? Is there anything they can do once damage has occurred or to prevent any future damage? Um, that is very much a case-by-case -case basis problem. Uh, I'm vaccine damaged, and I had a lot of the classic symptoms, not only tinnitus, um, uh, restless leg syndrome, but the cardiac effects of hypertension and, and so high blood pressure and rapid heart rate. And uh, I've had to go on a uh, recovery protocol that includes steroids, ivermectin, and a number of other agents to detoxify. And now I'm on um, chronic uh, beta blockers uh, and um, relatively low dose. Uh, it helped by dropping weight. I've lost a lot of weight from my peak, uh, which has helped quite a bit. Uh, I take, take natokinase. I also take berberine. I take a lot of supplements. I keep my vitamin D levels up. Uh, but um, I've, I've experienced heart damage as have so many others. And uh, I have to live with that the rest of my life.
Mm -hmm. All right, Dr. Malone, thank you for being here. Thank you.